Welcome to The Money Show, brought to you by the Old Mutual Investment Group. Do great things. Well, uh, I must disclose something about the way I'm going to vote these elections. I've decided um, that I'm going to vote for a party that does whatever the French government is going to do. Because the French government has done something fantastic. And if we've got any political party in South Africa that says it will do the same, they will get my vote. They won't get Paul Turon's vote, but they'll get my vote. Time for business blunders. Paul Turon, Managing Director of Vestact. How have the French blundered on this one, Paul Turon? Banning email, work email after 6 o'clock at night is genius. Bruce, I'm starting to worry about you now. Come on now. Come on, seriously. Seriously. I mean, France, the former world power, right? Yes. The people who legislated the 35-hour work week. That's pathetic. And then the 10-hour day working limit. I mean, that is really weak. So this is the latest news, Bruce. Yes, a deal with the trade unions in France, particularly relating to companies in the technology and consulting sector. They've come up with a peculiarly French rule that says there is an obligation to disconnect. Hmm. Very nice. So no emails shall be sent, and you're not under any obligation to answer your boss's email if it comes in after six in the evening. But I'm not impressed. Typically, I, you know, this is probably why Peugeot, Citroens, and Renaults are selling so well around the world, right? This is going to work out brilliantly as long as the Nazis don't invade France after 6 p.m. That'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, look, the French, French have made their own rules for a long time. Paul, be nice to the French. I think if we got a political party that said, I would ban work emails after 6 o'clock, they would get a lot of votes. A lot <laughs> of votes. This is why daft punk are French, Bruce. You yeah, know we... that they go on stage with helmets because they're ashamed to show their faces. And, uh, somebody might just throw something heavy, like a cell phone, because they won't be using it after 6 o'clock at night. Um, chocolate makers, these guys must make an absolute fortune. Yes, this is the company Mars Incorporated. It's a privately held confectionery group. You know, they own things like M&Ms, those are the ones with peanuts in them and the ones without, Snickers bars, and then the fabulous Mars bars, after which the company is named, and then they own a couple of other things like Wrigley's, chewing gum, and so on and so forth. But this week they stunned their company executives by deciding to buy Procter & Gamble's dog food business. They've done what? Too bad. They're going to buy a dog food business. Mars, the maker of the tastiest chocolates in the world, are buying a dog food business. (laughs) Well, it seems perfect. You know, dogs love eating Skittles. But uh, in this case, they're now going to be the owners of Whiskers, Pedigree, Royal Canaan, Iams, Natura, and Eucanuba. I've tested them all, Bruce. (laughs) Eucanuba is definitely the most tasty. Comes with its own gravy. But, you know, it makes perfect sense if you think about it, because I saw some research in the United States out this week, which shows that uh, Americans are starting to have less and less children. I think that's well known. But it turns out that they're replacing the children that they're not having by getting small dogs and then lavishing the small dogs with the attention and the spending that they used to put into the children. So it's a perfectly well-motivated move by Mars Incorporated. I think it's very sensible. There we go. We talk about blunders on the show, Paul. I thought you'd be nice. I'm a little bit concerned about you. I'm going to give you a chance hang to on, redeem yourself. You know, humans and dogs, they're totally different, Bruce. Oh, okay. Con- consider roadkill. A human considers that a tragic end to life. What does a dog think of roadkill? Lunch. Delicious. Yes, <laughs> and, may- and maybe the makers of Mars bars can find a way to can that as well. Um, <laughs> interesting story around insider trading husbands. I like these. Yeah, look, insider trading uh, we know is illegal, and we know that, um, you know, having the 
dirty deed done in a spouse's investment account is definitely not kosher. But I thought this was quite funny. In California this week, there were two cases in which husbands were convicted and fined for insider trading. And in both cases, the individuals claimed that their wife had nothing to do with it. So this is executive wives, right? High-powered corporate executive wives. And their slacker stay-at-home husbands were the ones that were trading in their investment accounts. So in the one case, the guy sold shares of a company called Informatica, ahead of its results because he heard his spouse complaining in after-hours phone calls to her boss, clearly not French, I must point out, that the company was going to have shocking results and he sold the shares. Another case, the guy bought shares in a company called Acme Packet because his wife was an executive at Oracle and Oracle was about to take over Acme in a buyout deal. But what I find interesting about the story, Bruce, is that when wives get convinced or convicted rather of insider trading, it's always assumed mostly correctly, that the husband is the dirty dog that's hiding the trades in the wife's accounts. But in this case, no. The wives get off scot-free and the bluggers get arrested or get fined. <laughs> so what do you think this is all about? No, I wonder. I wonder, Paul. I wonder. Now, um, we, let's go local. Uh, guy Hayward is the guy who is the man who's been appointed as the replacement at MassMart for Grant Patterson. Grant Patterson announcing today that he's quitting after seven years uh, running MassMart at the age uh-huh. of tender age of 43. Um, what is your key bit of advice for Guy Hayward, the incoming chief executive of MassMart? Yes, unsolicited advice is what we deal with here in the Blunders column. So, um, you know, MassMart's a nice company. We've been invested in it for many years. Uh, we liked Mark Lamberti, we like Grant Patterson, and we like Gayho too. But you know that the group, of course, consists of all these multiple brands, Macro, Game, Dion Wired, Builders Warehouse, Cambridge, CBW. But the overall group at the top, as everybody knows, is 50% owned by Walmart. I got to thinking, you know, South Africans adore foreign brands, especially these iconic American ones. So you open Burger King, you know, nobody wants to eat anywhere else. We saw this week the other corporate transaction with Taste Holdings. They're going to rebrand all of their pizza stores and call them Domino's because that's a big brand in America. So I absolutely cannot understand why the whole of the MassMart group just doesn't shut down everything and rebrand at Walmart. Because you know what will happen? They will double over sales overnight. I mean, people will be parking their cars on top of each other in the parking lots in order to get into the Walmart. Why? Because everybody loves that kind of thing. So if I've got one thing to send a message to Guy Hayward is change macro, game, Dion, what, just call them all Walmart. Can you imagine what a frothy Rob Davies would have? <laughs> That's the real reason you want that done, don't you? You want to just upset Rob Davies. I don't care about Rob Davies, not one iota. There we go. Tourism in Thailand has really been suffering, but thank goodness they've got a plan. Yes, this is my final story. I love these. So um, Thailand, as you say, one of the world's popular, most popular tourist destinations. Well, it was in the past, because it's also one of the world's most unstable democracies. It's got a king who's 86 and gravely ill, and no one's allowed to mention him other than in hushed sentences. It's got rural people who all vote vote for the Shinawatras, right? Remember Thaksin Shinawatra? Well, the current prime minister is called Yingluck Shinawatra. She's an attractive woman in her 40s. And then all of the city people vote conservative. And these two parties, you know, it's narrowly won one election or another, and then they fight with each other. Remember, we've got the red shirts and the yellow shirts. And they gather in the streets in their slip-slops and yellow vests and red vests and throw things at each other. They've blockaded the streets of Bangkok. 
And that's it. They push and shove each other. There's a state of emergency that was prevailing in uh, Thailand until very recently. And basically, tourism has collapsed, understandably, because why would you want to go and visit a country where there's some kind of a civil war going on in the capital city? So occupancies in Bangkok hotels have plummeted from 80% to 20%. And this, of course, is a significant part of their economy. Anyway, the idiot Thais who can't agree on their government, can't behave themselves when they're out of government, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, local political parties. The military in Thailand has come up with a perfect solution to solve the tourism problem. There are a number of barricades around the streets of Bangkok, so they have announced that henceforth they will be placing pink pots that have got flowers in them on top of the gun turrets. Pink pots. I kid you not, Bruce, that is the solution. That is how they're going to get the tourists back into Bangkok. Lovely. From Pol Pot to Pink Pots. I know Pol Pot was Cambodia, but that's the best line I could think of.